Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hostile Road Trip Podcast, the podcast that literally takes its show on the road. Listen in as James Black and Bobby Dyer, owners of International Traveler's House Hostels, travel around the country to learn about these great locations and incredible people that come together to provide a unique and exciting experience for travelers from all over the world. Welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. We are here in Asheville, North Carolina, sitting in the living room of Bon Paul and Sharkies with the founder, mastermind, spiritual advisor true uh, joe gill thanks so much for being with us my absolute pleasure i'm glad to be here today um i thought it was just going to be like a, a an audio recording i didn't realize there was going to be a video i didn't sleep a lot last night i probably have dark circles underneath my eyes i'm sort of embarrassed but uh, you did just have a child i had so. a, i had a baby yesterday <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I don't even really know why I'm here, but you I have a... You can use that a, excuse for the next 18 years. I have um, a great partner. Yeah. She said, go do it. Yeah, really. Get him. Your old lady is pretty cool because we were like, there's no way he's going to be able to do this recording. <laughs> and he was like, no, he said still come. And I was like, I got to get me a girl like that. You know, that's pretty badass. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. So we're here at your original and first hostel of three, which we will cover and talk a bit about each of them. But before we do that, we want to hear a little bit more about the fascinating story of Joe Gill and how you got into hosteling. Mm -hmm. And you've been in it for a little while now, especially as compared to other hostel operators in this unsaturated and virgin-style industry we are in in the U.S. So what brought you into the hostel industry? Wow, um, good question. I started traveling. I did my first country cross-country trip, I think, when I was 12. 12? 12. 12. Yeah. Hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my aunt and my cousin <laughs> hitchhiking. <laughs> no, we went and we um, we drove to Montana. She'd had a had a homestead there, and so I spent the summer, mm -hmm. and that kind of opened me up to there's more than my my hometown, uh, and it it blew my mind, okay. and I I didn't want to stop traveling after that. Yeah. Um, had an opportunity in college to study abroad, mm. like a lot of people did, yeah. um, and I was in Europe, and I remember the first hostel that I stayed in in Spain. Um, I was kind of nervous, yeah. didn't know what to expect. Mm. There was a, a girl that was uh, more experienced with hostels. She's like, we've got this. Yeah. Come on. So <laughs> it was a nice, clean spot. Beautiful downtown in uh, Sevilla. Mm. And we went out and, you know, drank wine and whatever, had dinner, came back with our group of friends, and you had to, to knock or, like, ring to get in. And I remember the, the old man kind of, got up from a cot and let us in. And, and as we came in, I could see that he was watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> and I, levels dropping. And I thought, so that's what... <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know. And we had all been drinking wine, me yeah. and a group of about five friends, <laughs> trying to, you know, not burst out laughing yeah. at, at what we had stumbled in on. Um and that was it. That was my first hostile experience. I'm just I've, picturing him I've, walking I've, you up to the room with a nice hard on full stack. I've never looked back. <laughs> this is I'm in. True story. True oh, that's story. beautiful. And that's why I asked that question to everyone because a lot of people, and I'm sure you had friends, are like, "What are you doing? What kind of business are you starting? How did you get into this?" And there usually is always 
a hilarious first story mm-hmm. of like, well, I was first exposed to this, and then I realized this is my career. You know, and it, it really does shock people how funny that can be. And then, so what we also want to talk about here is following that. What brought you to choose Asheville? Uh, I, that's also a good story. Mm. Well, maybe not. Um, I was 23. I'd gone to art college, mm-hmm. um, which if anybody else knows, there's really no jobs or money after that. Yeah. But I came to Asheville chasing a girl. Ah. And you should probably chase somebody to town at least once in your life. Yes. And I did it. And we got, I got here and we promptly broke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a buddy here and I was like, well, what am I doing with my life? I yeah. don't know. I'm just going to go ahead and stay here. Okay. Um, and by this point, I'd stayed in half a dozen hostels. Actually... I'd even lived in Charleston for a brief period, and I met Claire Vicky. Cunningham. Oh, okay. Prior, okay. the this original yeah. founder. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading in the in the Charleston paper yeah. uh, that a hostel was opening in town. It was a few blocks from where I was living, and so I was like, I'm going to just walk over there and say hi. Yeah. And I did, and uh, Claire Cunningham and I kind of started a, a loose friendship and uh, kept in contact, and she coached me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I figured I would try to open a hostel here. That's awesome to see how far back the roots go to that not-so-hostel. Yeah. We just came from the American Hostel Conference in Charleston, another great conference put in by, put on by Vicki. But this Miss Cunningham, mm-hmm. where is she now? Is she open her, does she have a hostel of her own? No, she sold that maybe about 14 years ago, right when I opened this one here. Okay. Um, she sold it to Bob Holt, mm-hmm. and him, she yeah. ended up going to... Um, business school i believe at mit oh good for her yeah all right and she had opened that place on a wing and a prayer i guess yeah you know and just bootstrapped it and yeah. and duct tape everything together which i did here also yes common, <laughs> yes a common press but a shout out to miss cunningham for what she started and then even as she left the industry amazing to see what's going on yeah. from there Vicky writing the book, holding the conference, inspiring mm-hmm. so many other people to go on. The whole ripple effect from that. Yes, so yeah. cool. Uh, here's Musa. We, we are surrounded by a 130-pound Bernie's Mountain Dog, so I definitely <laughs> feel at home right now. Musa. Um, so, so now you come up here, and you're in Asheville, and you get some direction. Right, uh, and I was working a job for $8 an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Had no money. I had about $100, $150 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was back in 2004, 2005, and they would give anybody a credit card. Ninja loans, baby. <laughs> they would give anybody a mortgage. Yeah, that got us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> it did, and so I I faked it, yeah. to, to be perfectly honest with All you. All right. <laughs> so a mortgage fraud, that's fine. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and, and definitely that's what got a lot of people in trouble is that they yeah. were taking on mortgages that they couldn't afford yeah, um, and then defaulting. And, mm-hmm. you know, they sold me this, this house that's much bigger than I could ever afford, but I knew that I could make it work. Nice. Um, and I had to hustle a lot to do it. Yeah. So literally moved into this place on my birthday 14 years ago. Awesome. Yeah. And slept in a tent in the common room floor because the house was so big. Yeah. And I just felt sort of uncomfortable by it. Yeah, yeah, the size, the scope, okay. Yeah, and um, just started remodeling. And every day I'd wake up and, and cry. 
It's okay to admit that, people. I will admit it. And then um, just be like, I got to pull it together. Pull it together. Get your shit together, man. (laughs) Get to work. Um, And would work from sunrise until probably 10 o'clock at night. Eyes twitching, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Drink a few beers. Mm -hmm. Probably cry again and fall asleep. (laughs) Because it was overwhelming. It Um, is. It is. That bootstrapping period, I think it's hard for people to understand that you're you're really going all in. Yeah. And it's almost like that realization that, wow, I'm all in. I don't have a choice that can yeah. keep you going and driving. And and part of even the purchase of this property, I took it eighteen thousand dollar cash advance on a credit card. Oh yeah. And then had a complete panic attack, nervous breakdown after I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I cried that night too. <laughs> <laughs> and woke up in the morning. Woke. I was already awake. Just got out of bed, washed my face, and went to sign on the house. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, shaking on with the paper. A, yeah. yeah, check for eighteen thousand dollars that was hidden in my sock. Like I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Now the name Bon Paul and Sharkies. How did this come about? I tried to be creative with stuff, and I was yeah. thinking like. The Moonluck Hostel, or I don't know, something sort of mountainy and hippie, and, yeah. and I couldn't quite get it right. And then I, I just looked at at the goldfish bowl to my two goldfish, Bon Paul and Sharky, and I was like, "That's it, I'm gonna name it after them." <laughs> yeah, I can see you sitting there on the floor of your tent crying, just looking. At <laughs> He's the only thing in the house. He's too- <laughs> Too bad Musa wasn't here with you yet. You can always I know. Him. Yeah. People often ask, "Would you know who were Bon Paul and Sharky?" And mm. I tell them that they were my goldfish, mm. and that they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> okay. So now, what year was this that you opened this one up? Uh, 2005. All right. So 2005, we opened up this one. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier this morning was about how you had the classic hostile progression of an owner where you slept in every room and every crevice, hammocks, tents. <laughs> and then also what I was really impressed about is how you expanded the footprint of the house, creativity, with uh, the small little house mm-hmm. and the cabin out back, and then you built a little four-bed shack. How did you go about that progression? Was that like all up front or through the years? Oh, that was all through the years. Um the cottage out back was, I guess, 2008. Okay. Um, so that was a few years afterwards. And that was when I really thought that I was going to um, always live on property, on mm. site, you know, or the manager was going to live on site. Yeah. And like the, that was going to be the manager's house. Uh, and then I realized it actually made a lot more sense for me to rent that out. It rents for, you know, $100, $110 a night, mm-hmm. which if I rent that, I mean, we're in Asheville. It's not California, so yeah. I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But if I rent that like five or six nights out of the month, yeah. that covers, you know, my rent somewhere else. I was just straight <laughs> out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so right, mm-hmm. you know, I can make a lot more money off of it yeah. by renting it than by living in it. Awesome. Okay, so now when you spread out and you got the full mm-hmm. footprint, how many beds? What's the capacity of this? this uh, I think we sleep here? about twenty-five. Okay, so you're gonna get a great, nice little intimate feel. I love these old houses with the high ceilings and the natural flow and the feng shui they have. I've always thought they, they make great hostels. So you've got this cool little 25-bed hostel in Asheville, which is a really cool 
kind of hippie mountain town as mm-hmm. we got to go out in it last night and really enjoyed all the live music and it was really cool. But what brought you to that point and what year was it that you said, all right, I'm going for number two? Uh, the 10 year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was 10 years in. Uh, I always wanted to expand. Yeah. Um, I will do things like just keep an eye on LoopNet or yeah, Craigslist yeah. in different cities to see what commercial properties are open. Mm-hmm. Um, and one opened up in Wilmington. Uh, the tricky thing is, is rent or buy. Mm, you know, good topic, yes. Yeah, this property I purchased, Sharky's, and that sets me back a whole down payment, that $18,000 yep. that I had to spend right out of the gate as a down payment on the house. Yeah. Uh, and if you're slick, you know, with a small 20 better or less old house renovation, you could get away with open the doors for about... 18 to 25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Wilmington, I, I'm renting. Okay. The other trick with renting, though, is that you have to find a landlord that's that's cool. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and I tried to rent in Asheville actually before I ended up just purchasing. Mm. Um, and I couldn't find a landlord that was cool. No, that, no. that wasn't just not terrified by the idea of a bunch of quote unquote transients. Mm-hmm staying in their property every every night and yeah. what liability that brought with it. Yeah. Um, but I really lucked out in Wilmington. Uh, it had been a dog grooming business. Ah. And it's not but a just an old 1900 four-bedroom house. Not big. But I, I got in there and the, the colors, it was like peachy pink and had dog hair literally floor to ceiling. Doors were falling off the off the hinges, nah. and uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and she was like, "Oh no, no, this is horrible." And I was like, "We can make this work. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I got this." Yeah, because you know, looking at something like that, a fresh coat of paint and you lipstick, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just putting lipstick uh, on yeah. the thing, is not so bad. You can freshen up the place. Yeah, you know, lickety split, and uh, that's what I did. Now, so that's the Wilmington location near the beach. And how many beds does that hold? Uh, we sleep 13 there. That is Stella Maris Hostel in Wilmington. Named North, after North Grandma. Carolina. Named after Grandma, my Grandma Stella. This is great. I love that. Yeah. So that's 2015. And that now, as we kind of wanted to talk about in this episode a bit, this uh, kind of the the sensitivities of expanding and mm-hmm. geographically how far away you're going whatnot. So that's about... Seven hours from this location? On a bad day, it's seven hours. Okay. On a good day, I can get there in about five and a half. Okay. So but even five and a half yeah. is a long, it's it's a drive. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's definitely, the challenge is, is being able to get out there to, to fix the toilet or repaint some, some dorm rooms or handle some staffing issues. With the one in Asheville and the one in Bryson City, Bryson City is just a, about an hour and 15 minutes from Asheville. I can do that, and I can be home in time for dinner. Yes. But Wilmington, you know, it's a, just a four-day trip to, to get out there mm-hmm. to really make it worthwhile. And that can, you know, then you've got to take in consideration what's going on at your other locations when you're out there for four days. Now, yeah. then the Smoky Mountain Hostel, mm-hmm. what year did that come in? Uh, that was 2018. It's celebrating its year birthday so just, next week. Oh, my, almost the same as your baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Almost. I do try to get all of the birthdays uh, within the first week of February. That's good. So you line things up. You're yeah. a guy who tries to do things with I stars. Just, I just yeah. can't remember a whole lot. So. <laughs> 
So you got the Smoky Mountain Hostel, and that one's about an hour and a half away? Uh, hour and a half, hour and 15, not too so far. So from your experience and for listeners out there who might be thinking about expanding or whatnot, wildly different experience when you're just an hour and a half away, as you were talking about earlier. Right? Yeah, definitely. You can go and fix things quickly, be back in the same day, mm-hmm. kind of handle under that scope. So now that you've got three in action in the Smoky Mountain, how many beds does that one have in Bryson City? Oh, what are we there? That one is a little bit bigger than Wilmington and smaller than Asheville, so maybe about 20. Okay. All right. So all in, in, the, in that boutique feel, yeah. we talked a lot about at the uh, American Hostel Conference this past week, that sweet spot in that ceiling that you go over where you start to lose the intimacy. Mm-hmm. And some of these people that come in, like, I'm going to have 300 beds and 500 beds, and you're like, we're really talking about two different things here. Yeah. You know, you we're both calling them a hostel. But they're wildly different experiences. Yeah, and that, I agree. That's kind of what we're trying to highlight in this podcast series is those authentic, genuine style hostels that are out there that we're afraid are going to get overshadowed or eaten up by these behemoths that are coming in from all the hotel companies and venture right. capitalist companies. And it really is a completely different experience that we're talking about. And we're trying to get the word out there more so so that doesn't happen and people find out more about it. But we're going to take a quick break for our sponsorships. We're going to be right back with Joe Gill at Bob, Paul, and Sharky's in the living room. Musa still on site, hanging tight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. We're taking a moment now to talk about a great service called worldpackers.com. Worldpackers.com is actually how I got my start with the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. Worldpackers is a great service that connects travelers looking for a place to stay in a new city with the hostels who need their skills. You can do anything from house cleaning to reception to media and marketing and so much more. With a reasonable fee of $50 a year and a little bit of courage, you could find yourself anywhere in the world. For more information, just go find Grandpa Carlos surfing on the West Coast somewhere between California and Mexico. If you're having trouble finding him this way, he might be taking a siesta on his surfboard. If that's the case, scream to the heavens, Grandpa Carlos, we need you, and he'll be sure to answer the call. But if all else fails, just check out worldpackers.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-P-A-C-K-E-R-S.com. And now, we bring you back to your regularly scheduled program. Welcome back to the Hostel Road Trip Podcast. Back here with Joe Gill. So happy to be here at Bon Paul and Sharkies in Asheville, North Carolina. We are wrapping up another great episode before we head off into our journey and we go down into Hostel in the Forest, my first ever oh, visit right. there, which I'm so excited for. Oh, it's for. awesome. Oh, my Lord. We, we purposely left it as the last one so I could mm-hmm. just go wild, but no, it's going to be a good time. And then before that, we're going to go to Greenville. Yeah. To Check the, out Joe's place. Which will be the, the other Joe. The other Joe. Yes, we're with the real Joe right now, but uh, we'll talk about that with Joe Hinman a bit later. Uh, but that will be the second ever hostel in South Carolina, right? Yeah, that's right. Which is really cool and exciting, but we want to talk a bit more about the guest experience, respectively, at each of your unique hostels, because although within the wheelhouse of time together, all wildly different experiences they could expect. So let's start here in Asheville. What could a backpacker expect for some good times in this town? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, all three hostels are different. And mm-hmm. I I didn't totally expect that. I mean, maybe I should have because they're different cities. And mm-hmm. the clientele that 
each one draws yeah. happens to be a little bit different too, um, which I should have expected also. There's a lot of things you learn as you move through that you didn't know. Um, Asheville's known for breweries, mm. uh, which is great. There's a, a ton of great restaurants here. Yes. Um, it's got a good music scene. Yes. Uh, a lot of Appalachian music. Bluegrass is big. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Blue Ridge Parkway. There's a ton of hiking, uh, whitewater rafting. So it's a, it's a good outdoors place. Smoky Mountain, you would think would be exactly similar. And it's, it is similar, but not exactly similar. Uh-huh. Um, it's also, you know, a, it's the Smoky Mountain Hostel is in Bryson City, which is one of the, the gateways to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. That's awesome. So we still have all of that stuff. We have whitewater rafting and kayaking. The Appalachian Trail runs close by. There's Fontana Lake. Um, we have a river that runs through that town, and, you know, you can do the upright paddle boarding. Yeah. Um, mountain bike tours. But it seems still that the clientele there is, is just slightly different than Asheville. Um and I can't even be specific if you ask me. Okay. Um, Wilmington's got the beach scene. Uh, the hostel there, Stella Maris, is in downtown Wilmington. It's uh, just on the edge of the historic district. Um, great spot where you can walk to bars and restaurants and all that that yeah. downtown scene. But it's about 20 minutes from the beach. Um, a lot of people still come to, to head out to the beach and, and do that whole scene and surf and um, enjoy the, the sun and the sand. Nice. Now, within your build-out here of these three hostels we talked about, they all kind of have a similar size in around that 20, 25 bed. What are your thoughts on the size of a hostel? Would, mm-hmm. you, would you say that you purposely never went above a certain ceiling, or was that more dictated just by the luck of the buildings that were coming You know, out? yeah, I have always looked for these old houses yeah. to remodel. Yeah. Um, I can't say exactly why. Maybe one of the first hostels I ever went to in D.C., what is it, Hilltop Hostel or something? Okay. Am I making that up? Is it an old house? Yeah. And so that kind of gave me the impression of, of that's how it should work. What it should and work. And yeah, like. and I went to one in Norway, uh, one of my other first no- hostels in Bergen, and it was just an old house. Um, it felt very manageable yeah. to me. It also felt very affordable rather than buying like an old hotel downtown sort of thing that would have a hundred plus beds in it. Like yeah. I, I just, I didn't have the capital sure. to, to start that. So more so your situation is what led you into these scenarios. Yeah. What are your thoughts on some of these bigger hostels that are these multi hundred beds? So do you feel as though they have a, are they a hostel? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a hostel. Um, I've stayed in plenty of those and mm-hmm. had great experiences. Um, I think it's easy to get lost in those. Yeah. Uh, what we like here is that it's a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the staff will probably know you by name. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll see you at breakfast, you know, a couple days in a row. Uh, you can easily get recommendations on where to go eat and drink because every we're accessible. We run into you a lot. We live here. It's a big old house. Mm-hmm. Um, with a 150-bed hostel or more, you can just disappear. You're yeah. in and out. Um, and that's been my experience a couple times there. Um, I've also been really lucky in those big ones to, you know, find a group of three or five people mm-hmm. and maybe you hang out. They, those places usually will have a bar yeah. or something. So that's cool. You know, that's always kind of the meeting spot, the little yeah. bar cafe that, that they'll have. Um, and then head out on your adventures from there. Makes sense. Now, another interesting situation you find yourself in, as you literally just had your first child last mm-hmm. night. 
Congratulations. Thank you very again. much. And also a shout out. Thank you for doing this uh, despite your lack of sleep and <laughs> uh, probably divided focus, I would imagine. Uh, but what would you say as I... I do know that a lot of concern is out there for some younger people getting into the industry when they're starting. Is it something they're going to be able to do long term and when they have a family? And one thing that I think is so cool to see with Vicky at the Not So Hostel is you have little roads running around mm -hmm. the, the property and everyone's playing with them. And I think, God, that kid's going to be so cool. He's yeah. probably going to speak like seven languages <laughs> and just be like a renaissance man of the, of the times. Uh, do you see yourself comfortable and you know confident with your career and projection in this industry now that you have had uh, a little gill um yes however i should give this disclaimer that in mm. addition to these three hostels mm. i also have two other jobs what do you do <laughs> i work for the utility company what? as as an energy efficiency consultant joe gill <laughs> the other side that's my 40 hour Nine so, to five, Monday through Friday job. Look at you. So you've got a 40-hour full-time job. Yeah. And what's the second one? Uh, the Oh, that one is um, that one's, that one's easier. Okay. That one's just as a small business coach okay. through a, a local nonprofit here in town. And you do a range of businesses. Yeah. yeah. They'll just, um, I'll get assigned to entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who are looking to open their own business. And so I share my experience. We talk about business plans, cash flow forecast, marketing. Um, I also sort of act as a therapist because you know it's easy to freak out. Yeah, um, cry a lot. As we yeah, talked about earlier. I've been through it. Let it out. Let yeah. it out. Um, yeah. So that's my other one. But that one's that one's just a, an hour or so. Well, now this there. this opens up a whole different topic now. That just briefly to touch on, because I think that's really cool to show that. You know, if you do have these size and scope hostels, they're obviously manageable enough if you're efficient enough and you're experienced enough as you are to still have a whole nother job outside of this. Yeah, and the reason I did that is um, my undergraduate degree is in fine art. Okay. Uh, then I opened a hostel. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't have health insurance or a 401k. Ah. Um, <laughs> I got inspired that I, I wanted to go to graduate school for you know, renewable energy and sustainable development. Um, mm. Did that, got a master's in business and a That's master's awesome. of science, um, and then ended up getting the my quote-unquote real job. Yeah. Um, but that also supports these hostels. Right. So, you know, when it's time to paint the outside, I've got a little bit of extra money to do that. That's and awesome for people. We don't struggle quite so much. Yeah, but for people who have that, you know, you can start these young and be in that entrepreneurial mindset and get something going and get it set up and have the systems and yeah. have it in place. And that doesn't mean that you're caught in here forever. No, and, and like we said, we started Sharkies in 2005, mm -hmm. and I didn't start working for the utility company until January of 2013. So there you go. You had a, a, a nice run in there, and then you and you went to school and did your master's the whole time while you were in the hostel. Yeah, and that, that was um, close by. Yeah. So I was still able to kind of check on the hostel during it. And, I mean, honest to God, I started grad school in 2010. Yeah. Um, we'd been tanking. Like, the, the economy was yeah. in, the, in the trash. Was tough times. So. so I paid the mortgage with my student loan. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's how we got by yeah. through that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't May, totally... Shout out to you, girl. <laughs> you know? It wasn't totally planned that way, yeah. but, you know, yeah. it, it got us through.
But yeah, that, that's really interesting to hear that, you know, progression of things. And I think that a lot of times people do think that, oh, if I start this, I'm like creating my own prison. I'm never going to be able to leave this. It I'm felt like, that way. You can. I, I've felt that way too mm-hmm. before. But then as you kind of catch your breath, you stop crying as much. Yeah. You know, maybe <laughs> down to a couple of times a week, you know, yeah. and then uh, you can find yourself with enough time to explore other things. Yeah. You know, as we're out here on this podcast doing this cool stuff. I, I also want to note that I'm lucky with this 40 hour week job that I can work remotely. Uh, ah, I don't have to go into the office. Yes. Uh, but that just involves a lot of spinning plates, mm-hmm. a lot of prioritizing what fire needs to put, be put out when. Staying organized. Staying organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hustle. I mean, every yeah. day I have two laptops open on my desk, one for the hostels, yeah. one for the utility. Yeah. And I've got two phone lines oh, that I answer. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I get it. you got Musa um, handling one line, you're handling Right. <laughs> and... You know, to be totally honest, also, like, I wish I was doing better at all of them. Mm. And there's times that, like, I feel like I'm spread thin. spread thin. Yeah. You're pushing the envelope, but yeah, I can definitely tell that that's, you know, the type of guy you are. You're going to push the limit. Oh, yeah. I, I cannot help but have 10 tabs open on my computer on two different browsers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's... My, uh, my business partner, Bobby, says the only thing worse than being in the panic attack of having so many things going on is when there's nothing going on. Oh, that gives then me the really worst anxiety. Panic. Yeah, and then you <laughs> see him, he's like scratching himself in the <laughs> There's corner. nothing to do, I'm going to freak out. Yeah, so I always say, someone give him a disaster to deal yeah. with because he's going to be all over the place if we don't. But, you know, once again, so happy that you took the time and we were able to catch up with you as in our young industry you are kind of an OG legend wow being in here for over 10 years and rocking it out I know that sounds crazy but Thank it's you. true I'm only 40 I, you know with that Robert Redford look we were talking about earlier <laughs> 35 I mean I'm 35 but I look 50 but it's, it's, yeah. okay. it's, it's a tough life on the road but in closing any advice you'd give to those new hostel owners that we were all just with or the people that even that's so cool at the American Hostel Conference, people that go there that want to open up a hostel that still haven't. And that's why I love that conference. Any advice for them? Yeah, I do. Um, I remember being in a a small business course, Mm -hmm. um, the same one that I now coach for. Mm -hmm. And I was in this class with maybe eight or 10 people. They all had their business ideas. Everybody was excited. I don't know if anybody else actually opened it. Mm. And so it takes a lot of recognizing that fear and being brave enough to to take that leap yes so you really yeah you got to be brave um number two don't panic (laughs) um things are going to go wrong yeah and sometimes a lot of things go wrong at the Mm -hmm. same time yeah but don't panic and I think that's, you know, they, things are going to go wrong, and it's when those things do go wrong that you're going to be identified, you know, mm-hmm. with that fear or courage, right? It's the same thing. It's just what you do with it. So I think that's great advice for anyone listening out there that's jumping into it. And when you have the opportunity, take the chance to come into Joe Gill's properties here in Asheville, the Smoky Mountains, Bryson City, and Grandma's Place in Wilmington, North Carolina, <laughs> and come and see how an operation is run with efficiency so that you can operate and have a life outside, a child outside, another job outside. We thank you, Joe Gill. Thank you. For your work James, in the you industry. have a beautiful voice on the radio. Thank you. I, th- I think that's how I got this job. It definitely <laughs> wasn't my looks. But thank you so much for being with us, and stay tuned for our next episode in Greenville, second ever hostel in South Carolina. And Joe Hinman, you have some answering to do for your stay at the beach. 